If you don't understand what's going on, you're liable to get crazy at this point. There's nothing left to do but kick things off. <laughs> no small talk <laughs> this time. What are we talking about? I've got this. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very ninth episode of Rethink Everything. I'm Tyler Giannisini, and I'm here today with Kent Yoshimura. Ah, day. I don't know what day it is anymore. It all blends <laughs> together. Day 21, Captain's Log. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're here to, this week to talk about uh, some of the things we learned during the 13th week of 2020, the week we thought twice about invasive species. Whew. All right. Yeah. <laughs> are we going to start off with saying that humans are the most invasive species? <laughs> They've found a way to eradicate us. Wow. There's always that joke where it's just like, you know, if it weren't for Hitler, Hitler wouldn't have died. True. True. So. Problems that resolve themselves. What is the what is that Hitler principle where uh, eventually all conversations wind up at Hitler? <laughs> what? It's oh, you Sarah. don't know that? Oh no. man, there's a name for this phenomenon. I thought uh, it was Kevin. I thought it was Kevin Bacon, like seven uh, degrees of Kevin Bacon or something. No, I'll, I'll find the name. Godwin's law. Uh, okay, Godwin's, Godwin's law. law is is an internet adage asserting that as an online discussion discussion grows longer the probability of a comparison involving nazis or hitler approaches one that is if an online discussion regardless of topic or scope goes on long enough sooner or later someone will compare someone or something to adolf hitler or his deeds Uh, um Okay, I think it depends on the type of people you are all hanging out with. But it does say that... internet discussion. So, <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that makes sense then. Um, <laughs> there was that Twitter bot that they made that knows how to respond like a human, and then after a single day of being on Twitter, it just became this racist, terrible oh, thing. The poor thing. Look what we do to them. Godwin principle. You know that makes more sense than the Kevin the Kevin Bacon principle because. I don't think, oh, actually, last week I watched Tremors for some reason. But before that, I don't know when the last time I talked about Kevin Bacon is. Uh, do you know I'm I'm six within six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Like literally? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm not credited, but I'm in the background of the film 21 and Over. <laughs> uh, and that connects me to... I think Miles Teller, who's somehow, I think I'm like four or five degrees removed from Kevin Bacon. So it's kind of cooler that you're only one degree away from Miles Teller than being four or five degrees away from Kevin Bacon. Totally. Like, Miles Teller is a killer, man. He, I would so just good. end it at the Miles Teller. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I'm in a movie with Miles Teller. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, that. That's just a lot cooler. Um, new Kevin Bacon. You know, so actually, wait, what the, now that I'm thinking back about it, I've been talking about Kevin Bacon quite a bit. The movie Invisible Man came out and I was talking about Kevin Bacon's penis from The Hollow Man. Do you remember (laughs) that movie that came out (laughs) where they just show his like semi-invisible penis? Uh, You know what? I don't remember it. I don't, I think I watched it like as a teenager and then never again. I just remember that one scene because I was like, why would they even need to show that? That's yeah, so weird. Like thing that might, <laughs> might scar its way into your brain. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, on that All note. Right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the very ninth episode of Rethink Everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, on the, uh, on the note of big cojones, uh, today we're kicking things <laughs> off talking about Pablo Escobar's hippos. Um, yeah, so this I've seen a few hippos in real life. They are massive. So just a slightly embarrassing fact to go ahead and spit out there. But if you, well, as of ten years ago, if you were to YouTube search uh, "biggest fart," you would come up with a <laughs> video of a hippo at the zoo, <laughs> and uh, essentially, you know, the hippo does its thing and there's all these families watching and there's this mom like trying to cover oh it up God. and she's like, what was that? And it, and and then you hear this dad just like guffawing in the background. It's I have seen that video. <laughs> it's a great video. It's a great video. 
So uh, I suppose, yeah, if you've seen that and the way hippos use their tails to fling their feces about. Um, oh, yeah. You can you can see how they might be considered an invasive species. So supposedly, <laughs> they, if any uh, animal did that, if any like humans, if, if humans yeah. did that, <laughs> yeah, that's just invasive. You, yeah, <laughs> super and offensive. Just coating the environment. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so, yeah. So apparently uh, Pablo Escobar's um, his hippos started as four hippos released into the wild after he was taken down. Uh, most of the rest of his exotic animals were taken and given to zoos, but these four hippos remained um, and were essentially just sent off into into the rainforest. And from those, there are now 80 hippos. They just mated like rabbits and now there's just like a hippo swarm. Yeah, apparently they're really effective at multiplying. Um, wow. I think the number... Uh, the the population is increasing at what looks like an ex- exponential rate and estimates say they could be thousands in 20 years. Thousands what? of hippos from four. That's unbelievable. Should we have more drug lords by endangered species? <laughs> yeah. Just repopulate the world. Is that is that the answer to it all? That's so. amazing. Or maybe we need to take down more drug lords that already have. That That's probably the more correct answer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think we might have to go that route. So uh, apparently they had oh, wow. been traditionally thought of as invasive species because uh, the uh, on the feces spreading front, they cause algal and bacterial blooms that choke out wildlife in waterways, which is where hippos like to hang out. They're now... Uh, new studies are showing that the hippo is actually replacing something that used to exist in that ecosystem, which is some giant like llama creature from the end of the Pleistocene. Wait, what? Is there yeah. a picture of this somewhere? What is a, how do we look up a giant llama? Cause I feel like that would just blow up on the internet. It's true. Giant llama. Hang on. Let me get you the scientific name here. Uh, I just... Oh boy. <laughs> Here, here's some real camelops I mean, hemiachenia paradoxa ah uh, all right harry that's, potter that's my best attempt <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a llama llama casting spell um <laughs> extinct I, 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 so I found it when you don't oh it just looks like a. Dis- a yeah, it just looks like it looks llama. like a ugly camel <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a camel without a hump yeah that's accurate Hmm. Um, so I guess without these sort of big herbivores in the environment, um, you don't, you don't have something that tames, uh, that tames the growth of plant life. So, um, big animals moving through environments create like savanna like areas and gaps in big forests that otherwise aren't getting created. Um, if you don't have a big creature like this, so because, the hippo is reintroduced. It's now creating a more diverse range of biomes within within their habitat. Oh wow! Yeah, it's like I the mean, protectors, and they and they make a lot of sense too because they would definitely keep wildlife from growing as they're like walking through planted planted areas. Wow, and there's and there's nothing wrong with these hippos, right? They're just normal hippos. They're not inbred. Well, <laughs> I think they're pretty inbred now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's 80 from four. Like, yeah. We're probably at the point where we should start introducing more hippos. <laughs> you got to work with what you got. Yeah. Uh, but I guess crap. they they're good. They're a good food source for larger predators. Uh, they help maintain plant growth via diet and movement. Um, and then they, <laughs> the the back to their the the hippo feces uh, issue. That can also boost fish fish populations in the environment. Hmm. Yeah. So not so bad. That's not bad at all. Don't, yeah. The only thing is, they could uh, if you piss them off, they'll most likely bite you and kill you. Yeah. True. There is that. <laughs> Gosh. Good, all good right, dogs. I feel. I. I mean, there's there's always this conversation about you know they talk about in uh uh guns germs and steel 
where the reason India doesn't eat beef is because cows, as they roam, were so much more useful for uh, cultivating the land than as if they were used for a protein source. So to have like large mammals like this, like hippos, just walking around, cultivating the land and revitalizing the ecosystem. Yeah. That's probably more useful than using them as guard dogs or as food. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I always, I always like hope and dream to see like wild horses at some point. Cause I think that would be super cool, but they've got to <laughs> perform kind of the same function. I just remember that last scene from Waterworld. Yeah. Where they like, they land on that l piece of land and there's all those horses running around. Yeah. 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 I don't know where I'm going that's, with that. Yeah. It's just like super majestic. No, that's exactly what I picture. <laughs> that's exactly right? what I picture when I know <laughs> like, when I want to see that. Like, whoa. Like, like, it must feel like that to see wild horses running around. But guaranteed, wild horses probably look like donkeys. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It's Not whenever majestic. you say, like, oh, man. Like, when you think about a dog, that's domesticated. And then when you think about a wild dog, yeah, I'm wondering true. if that same logic transfers to horses or much more <laughs> magnificent creatures. Some monster horse. Yeah, it's like, ah, Jesus. So, <laughs> You're just a llama. I grew up next to uh, folks who uh, owned cattle, um, <laughs> but I lived in the middle of the woods. So mm -hmm. uh, we went we went on vacation one time and came home uh, to find like these giant divots like all over our property, just like essentially hoof, hoof prints from the cattle that had escaped our neighbor's place. But there's just huge holes in the ground because they've got so much weight going down on their hooves that oh. definitely like you see firsthand like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. They, they do tear up the ground just by moving over it and kind of cycle that cycle that soil around. Oh, that's interesting. But for you, it's a nuisance. <laughs> as a neighbor it was just like a weird like <laughs> look into the forest and see like a spotted cow it's like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not majestic at all yeah, yeah. No. So, <laughs> no not quite my dream of wild horses magical milk all right <laughs> <laughs> Dang. well that's interesting um hippos i'm i'm ready for them to come back do they still speaking of hippos I don't know the chain of events leading into this next topic, but uh, <laughs> seeing it, hippos, Disneyland is still closed down. And that got me to thinking, like, all the zoos are probably closed down too, right? San Diego Zoo and uh, LA Zoo and all, yeah. all these, like, major zoos around the world. What is happening to all those animals? They're just, I assume they're getting taken care of. But if the zoos run out of funds, what happens? Uh, yeah, true. And you got to assume they're not uh, the zoos aren't exactly the best savers of money. Right, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. I've been watching that Netflix show that's really popular right now, Tiger King. Oh boy! And, don't spoiler it for me. I haven't gotten into it. Oh uh, man, it's okay. No joke. Just go ahead and spoiler it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoiler it, but <laughs> I do know that there's. So these guys are crazy, obviously, and one of these people that own like a wild exotic animal farm uh went insane and released all of his tigers and lions and bears <laughs> out into like it was somewhere like oh. oklahoma or something and <laughs> yeah, it, no that's not that's good. all it takes <laughs> please don't do that we don't need tigers oh man that's a way of uh keeping everyone in though yeah true true <laughs> um yeah, so uh, so as far as uh, Pablo, Pablo's some fun facts about Pablo. Pablo, uh, before he released his hippos, um, when when apparently when his family was on the run in ninety two to ninety three, Escobar reportedly burned two million dollars to keep his daughter warm. Damn, making that Pablo money. Yeah, so I don't. I, I don't know a ton about Pablo Escobar. I haven't watched Narcos. I haven't watched Narcos either. I just know that like painting of him on the rooftops as bullets are like piercing through him. That's oh, yeah. and I I know he's seen as a hero in his in his town, but outside that, I mean, two million dollars. Like that's a is anyone really <laughs> worth that much? 
yeah okay so uh it, it gets better um so is <laughs> apparently he was so wealthy at one point that he was just storing cash in warehouses and in fields and according to his brother about 10 percent of his wealth or 2.1 billion was written off annually eaten by rats or destroyed by the elements what that's yeah cr- he is at, at the height of his power. He had a reported wealth of 20 over 25 billion. What? Yeah. That's so much money. Drugs are a uh, big business. And all this is just stored in liquid capital somewhere, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Thus it's, why like 10% would get eaten. <laughs> just they didn't, they couldn't, they couldn't spend like a billion dollars on safes to save $2.1 billion. Yeah. Send, spend a billion make your own bank yeah make your own bank like make 25 billion dollars is the gdp of a small country if i were a strong drug lord i would just i mean i'm sure you could buy the politicians out which is probably what he did yeah he was um i mean everybody considers him a hero because he did <laughs> he was really good with pr so he would just you know frequently donate to his community and then just he had a policy where if if a problem came up, he had a plato o plomo uh, policy, which was, which translates to silver or lead. So, oh, uh, double meaning. Yeah. He was also he a said, poet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he said he would uh, prefer to pay people off, but if he had to, he'd he'd shoot him. Uh, wow. He'd have them shot. He reportedly killed some four thousand people. Uh, including police officers and government officials. Holy sh- Jesus. Yeah, that's in, bad. In, yeah. In 1989, uh, the Medellin cartel was blamed for detonating a bomb on a plane that was carrying an alleged informant killing 100 people I, just to get to that informant. I do remember that. And that was the case that basically brought him down. Because, that sounds about right. Because the feds got involved. Because uh, you, you can't just be doing... You could be killing people that are involved in the trade to a certain degree and people yeah. won't get people won't st- stick their nose in. But the second you start killing innocent people and it becomes a domestic violence case or sorry, domestic violence, it becomes a terrorist case um, yeah. that uh, believe you me, the, the Americans will <laughs> definitely step in. Hey, we liked you for a minute when you were. When you are fiddling with your with your government, but yeah, when you're fiddling with your own people, we don't care. Can't have you exploding <laughs> planes. Look, the only people that can fiddle with your people is you and us, not the other way around. <laughs> and here uh, we are now. A fascinating dude. I'm gonna have to check out Narcos because apparently he had an estate, a seven thousand acre estate. It cost sixty three million, which included a soccer field dinosaur statues, artificial lakes, a bullfighting arena, the charred remains of a classic car collection destroyed by a rival cartel, an airstrip, a tennis court, and a zoo. Ah, where the hippos were. The source of all those hippos. Who takes care of these animals? Does he just have a a zookeeper? (laughs) Yeah, you've got to have a guy, the guy who's like a nephew uh, you, you're trying to figure out where to stick him in your criminal regime. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Too clumsy. Like, you know what? I and these hippos—they need feeding. <laughs> Tito, just just go clean up the the hippo poo, okay? Just, please. <laughs> <laughs> the artificial lakes needs need scraping. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, look, everyone has a place. Pablo was a true uh, hero of the people. <laughs> Everyone has a place. And it seems as though there's like this Robin Hood mentality, though, that just exists across all these drug dealers. Like this desire to... It's almost like in the U.S. Or one thing I do like about the U.S. I mean, there's a lot of things I like about the U.S. If the CIA is listening. But uh, it is the fact that philanthropy is such a big part of wealth and owning wealth. Right. So it you know, for some people, I, I think it just if you're so rich where money doesn't mean much anymore, then I guess well philanthropy is an interesting thing because one, 
you can write it off on your taxes. Uh, <laughs> and for two, for Pablo Escobar, instead of writing it off on your taxes, it's basically winning the power of the community so that if government officials or anyone try to stop you, you have the backing of the people. Yeah. I think, you know, there's an interest, interesting thing with like the, the type of philanthropy we have, which is like, okay, you give, you know, X, X million or billion to uh, whatever that cause is. But man, it would be a lot more fun if you had that kind of expendable cash to just go like just randomly knock on doors, just drive around the city randomly knocking on doors. <laughs> like a lottery system. Here you go. Yeah, like Get to see an individual person. <laughs> to their face and give them that money it's got to be super satisfying versus yeah. just like oh i wrote a big big check to this foundation foundation and i'm sure they'll yeah. get it they'll write me a nice thank you letter no i want to see i want to see those people go crazy baba baba we got a check for a million dollars bust out the champagne <laughs> call the cops it's a it's a hoax <laughs> yeah this will definitely help start a drug business this is great. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, now, now I'm just thinking of the the Bill Gates impersonator from um, from Nathan for you. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was uh, starting Microsoft in my garage. <laughs> so good. Gosh, all these drug lords are like, yeah, they're the insane amount of wealth. I mean, even El Chapo, who was recently caught. Uh, some of the things that I heard about him are. His first stint in jail, he just had prostitutes brought into his jail all the time, apparently like 20 prostitutes at a time. You know, he got drugs brought in. He was eating like steak dinners. This dude wasn't really experiencing jail. He was so in with the people that he was able to get whatever he wanted. So, I, you know, with, for Pablo, his unfortunate ending was that he got shot and killed. But if you're a drug dealer... I'm sure you could even control the way that you spend your time locked up. Oh, totally. God. Yeah. Are we in the yeah. wrong pro profession? I know. It's like a, a weird thing where, what? you know, uh, like sort of different movie topic, but uh, in the movie Departed where um, the beginning, there's that quote. It's like uh, when we were kids, they would say you could either be a cop or you could be a criminal. But uh, <laughs> but he always said, when you're facing the end of a loaded gun, what's the difference? Uh, I feel like in some of these, you know, in some of these countries where like the the drug lord is able to become a hero of the people, it's usually because the government is corrupt enough that like people that they're not weighing like good guy versus bad guy. It's like uh, government corruption or organized crime corruption that kind yeah. of protects its own community versus extracts from its community. It's absolutely true. I mean, that's one thing that's terrifying, not to get too political <laughs> on the podcast, but that is one thing that is semi-terrifying about this whole coronavirus lockdown. Like, yes, I think it's important for all of us to stay at home, but more and more, I have heard cases of people getting fined for being outside, which is fine now, but yeah, it's in a very small way the government seeing if they could control forced lockdowns if totally. they could use police power to determine where people are yeah so yeah it's it's a bad combination with the united states because we just don't take well to that we do not take well to being told what to do and yeah do what i want and then being punished like having to justify Oh, I was driving over to my parents' house to drop off some groceries or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't think people are going to exactly. tolerate for very, very long. <laughs> well, sir, yeah. I was just driving and uh, cocaine just flew into my, my through my <laughs> the crack in my window into my nose. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, it wasn't me. I thought this was America. <laughs> and how well how how well equipped is is a police officer to be able to decide whether or not you've got a justifiable reason? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I want to. I don't know. I, I guess that's the state of affairs right now. But, uh, you know, there's very few. I mean, there's very few people in general, I trust. So totally. <laughs> oh, yep. boy. Strange times. Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, while everyone's losing money, the drug dealers are making money.
they come out strong in times like these, the recession. Yeah, well, uh, uh, if you're thinking of dealing chloroquine as a drug. Um, Ooh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe you want to back down from that because it's apparently not as effective as we thought in fighting that coronavirus. So, oh, if you're so all those about, like backdoor chloroquine dealers are short, yep. are short-lived. Damn. Yeah. Uh, short run. Yeah, short run. So apparently last week, uh, well, I probably shouldn't chuckle on this topic, but it is a little, <laughs> it was a little difficult not to. So uh, a man died after taking chloroquine in an attempt to prevent coronavirus. So didn't even have, didn't have symptoms. Uh, I guess his, his uh, wife was watching TV and okay. heard President Trump talk about the potential benefits of chloroquine. The potential benefits. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, the name resonated with the man's wife who asked that her name not be used. Sh uh, she'd used chloroquine previously to treat her koi fish. She saw it sitting back on her shelf and thought, hey, isn't that the stuff they're talking about on TV? She was probably like, I've never seen a fish with coronavirus. <laughs> Have you seen Great a fish point. with coronavirus? Great point. There's no <laughs> denying that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, she and her husband, uh, both in their 60s and potentially at higher risk, decided to mix a small amount of the substance with a liquid and drink it as a way to prevent coronavirus. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it gets worse. Within 20 minutes, both became extremely ill at first feeling dizzy and hot, she began vomiting and her husband died shortly after arriving to the hospital. Uh, so they got totally disoriented by this thing, like very, very quickly. Wow. Um, How much of it did they take? They like it's self-described as a small amount of the substance with a liquid. They don't say how much they drank. Um, I, I, I have don't. a feeling it's a lot. <laughs> if you're... If you're supposed to use a certain amount for a fish to kill parasites off, and yeah. then you take a percentage of that, I don't know. I feel right. like they must have taken a, a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a highly potent thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, a, it it's a scary story. Don't don't just randomly try stuff from your from your aquarium, folks. Yeah, go to WebMD first. Make sure you look <laughs> up what your symptoms are, and then make the decision. <laughs> but wait, now it's saying I might have kidney disease. There's a whole bunch of clickbait at the bottom of the page that makes me feel sicker. Ah, I stubbed my toe on the countertop. <laughs> <laughs> you get that little article down at the bottom that's stub your toe, maybe an early sign of cancer. <laughs> yeah, Click yeah, here yeah. to find out. Oh. The business. God, that's crazy. You know, what I heard about chloroquine just in general, though, like even... Well, one, it's as effective as any other drug they were giving people. So it's not effective at all, unfortunately. And uh, who? Uh, oh, uh, Ju Giuliani. Judy. Ru oh, my God. Ju Judy Rugliani. Judy. Judy oh, my God. <laughs> Judy Rugliani. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Rudy. I believe I believe that's what you're looking for. That is, Rudy. Why do I keep wanting to say Judy Rudy Ali? Judy. <laughs> oh, she Anyways, was a Rudy Giuliani, uh, silent <laughs> film star. Yeah, oh, that's what it was. Uh, so Rudy Giuliani uh, has his Twitter got banned by saying um, that we should all listen to Donald Trump because chloroquine is a one hundred percent effective medica uh, medication for people with COVID nineteen. That guy's a madman. He's a madman. And Twitter was just like, uh, yeah, you can't be spreading false false information, Judy. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe he used to be like, he used to seem the like a reasonable person. Uh, and now just seems like insane. Just absolutely off his rocker. He just lost have you it. Seen, he, it's like a power trip. Yeah, have <laughs> you seen the movie Bombshell yet? I uh, No, I haven't. That's with Margot Robbie, right? Yeah, Marco Robbie, Charlize Theron. About the uh, news. Yeah, we watched it the, recently. It's pretty interesting. But the they, they have a the Rudy Giuliani in there. Um, interesting. I, he's some like comedy actor. But they do they do some great casting in that in that movie to play the uh, the high ups at Fox. 
That's great. I, I have to definitely watch it. I have to definitely watch it. You've seen Vice before, right? Yes. So good. Oh, so, so good. good. That ending monologue. Oh my god. Yeah. Everybody I assume, if you haven't seen Vice, watch Vice. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh I assume it's a different director, but uh I'm looking yeah. up here. Uh, Bombshell was directed by Jay Roach, who directed Austin Powers. <laughs> nice. Yeah, stepping up. <laughs> getting, well getting done. Back into the limelight. And, and then the same thing with Vice. Although he had the big short, which was yeah. a slightly more serious movie. He directed Talladega Nights before that. Yeah. And it's Step Step Brothers, right? Or no. And Step Brothers, yeah. Yeah. Like, well That's done. Well. Like, that is how you that is how you move on up. Adam McKay. <laughs> and Anchor Man. And the other guys, come on. The other guys is one of the stupidest movies ever made. It's funny. <laughs> that opening scene. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. It's, the opening scene's the best amazing i'm impressed yeah so I'm impressed. uh i've heard of uh there was a another coronavirus treatment um in in china they're promoting bear bile i have heard a about treatment that yeah for coronavirus um <laughs> i was seeing less than a month after taking steps to permanently ban the con- trade and consumption of live wild animals for food the chinese government has recommended using tanriking an injection containing bear bile to treat severe and critical covid cases jesus christ all right so <laughs> so much for that ban yeah we are back to using live animals uh because you have to extract this from living living bears apparently so, so one thing I actually heard about this bear bile, though, is it does have a compound in it that is actually incredibly useful. It's just that the the concentration that you actually get from killing bears and extracting it from bear bile is not effective. Got no. it. So you need to need to lab reproduce it. I I take it. And and that's what the I think that's what they do. Like, uh, I have to, I have to find out what it. It, what the exact compound is it's a you it's udca uh which is urso deoxycholic acid um hmm. but yeah there's synthetic alternatives that are actually used for health that are at a more effective cost <laughs> effective dose and an effective concentration than killing bears and taking a tiny little pill that won't do anything for you and congratulations now you just killed a bear <laughs> for, uh, so i wasn't getting the impression that they that they killed the bears i was getting the impression that they they keep them and continue to like continuously extract it so they're using the bears as like little factories Oh, Which they I don't just know torture if this them instead. I made... <laughs> That's no, even worse. They give them a roof over their head and three square meals a day. They were homeless trade, before this. Trade that for bear bile. <laughs> I don't know that that's a that that's a fact. Uh, I don't know if they keep them alive or kill them. I think either way is kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, it's uh, uh yeah. I, I moving backwards <laughs> for sure. Jeez, no, I mean, <laughs> superstitions I mean, over medicine are. Uh, well, are that's. A real treat. I feel like that's always been the case, and I don't know how these things, you know, causation and correlation, not the same thing. People have been always making these mistakes for years until like the scientific method came around. Like back in the day when they were like talking about the humors and the bubonic plague, woo, uh, that killed <laughs> a, a third of uh, of Europe was i think it was more than a third of europe it was like half of europe um also started in china that was a that was another china disease oh i didn't know that yeah because it started off the silk roads and because don't of the tell f- trump <laughs> yeah don't tell trump don't all diseases it. started in china <laughs> oh gosh but it was because trade opened up and of course back in the day it's similar like us you know the pilgrims bringing smallpox over to the united states but when you don't have defense systems readily available and uh, new plagues are and diseases are getting introduced to you, um, well, sorry, buddy, but yeah, you're six feet under. So I totally didn't know this. So was it not was it not a thing for China? Like, was it something they had gone through like way previously and just 
it got introduced to Europe or was it happening in China at the same time? And we just don't talk about that as much because we're a Western centric like education system. So I do think the bubonic plague did happen in China. It just wasn't at the it wasn't at the intensity that the Black Death was. Got it. Because the Black Death was exacerbated by the fact that like people were literally throwing their uh, chamber pots, which <laughs> you know what chamber pots are. <laughs> when you don't want to go all the way to the bathroom and you'd rather just stay in bed and... <laughs> no, there's no bathroom. <laughs> the chamber pot is the bathroom. <laughs> Why do you uh, keep it in your chambers though? Why would you keep it in chambers? So that in combination with them throwing that out into the street from their windows uh, and, and covering the streets in just fecal matter and urine and the fleas and the rats, it, it was just like the perfect recipe to spread in a highly now evolving metropolitan space that was uh, much of Europe. So, wow. Yep. Ah, straight... Originated from East Asia, where it traveled along the Silk Road, reaching Crimea by 1343. And then from there, fleas and rats all running rampant across uh, all of Europe. And But, you know, we got some great imagery out of that. We got the plague doctors, which I think oh, yeah. we all know what plague doctors look like. The weird crow people. <laughs> purely based on the fact that they're like oh god it, it all like illnesses travel through the air so maybe if we put some herbs at the bottom of this beak <laughs> then uh, the it, you know the the miasma uh the, the this this disease that travels through the air won't go into our sinuses and okay okay of course uh that wasn't true and what's funny is uh <laughs> from, from what I was reading, um, these plague doctors would be covered head to to toe uh, in their garb, except for their ankles. So these fleas will come and just bite their ankles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they're the people. The, the plague doctors were the guys with the plague. And they're just going from city to city trying to treat people, but just spreading disease everywhere. Stay at home, people. Stay at home. <laughs> no, I got to get out there and help. Yeah, uh, but they, with their little poking rod, just like, all right, I'm here to save everyone. Just yeah, I really like medieval superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Doctor Population Control. <laughs> uh, super villains, I guess. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Uh, you know, good things came out of it. Europe uh, was able to go into better times. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll get maybe we'll have something good at the end of this. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if the Trump Trump is just calling it the Chinese virus because he's a little a little jealous that China keeps inventing the, the great plagues. Yeah. Make America We're, great again. <laughs> we we too can create exceptional diseases. <laughs> yeah. We got the we got the great disease, the best disease. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have all the best diseases. <laughs> what's great though is uh yeah i mean the renaissance came after the plague right is that what we could look forward to yeah i think so do you I think, think it's so. gonna be like a environmental renaissance there's a lot of people inside creating art right now yeah. um learning new skills you know yeah not giving each other uh a... oh here's a here's another uh weird fact well from the medical field that's always full of misunderstandings uh <laughs> Uh, tobacco smoke enemas, like you know what? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, sounds cool. uh, yeah, sounds sexy, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's given that nicotine is a stimulant, and you know, back in the day, you probably saw uh, like the Tour de France bike riders even smoking cigarettes at the bottom of a hill because it helped yeah. open up their lungs. Right. Uh, they would just weird weird method but uh put simply a doctor would just blow smoke up your ass <laughs> how symbolic <laughs> so that's where that comes from yeah, literally b blowing smoke up your ass uh and they thought that the nicotine could stimulate the adrenal glands and produce enough adrenaline to immediately revive an individual Jesus. Uh, who <laughs> yeah didn't work 
who's the inventor of this process? We're like, wait, he's not gone yet. I've got an idea. <laughs> smoking a cigarette while he's smoking a cigarette, you know. Maybe he was doing something weird and he was just like, oh my God, my wife came back to life. <laughs> No, it really she, seemed to wake her up. Yeah, it woke her up. She's actually enjoying this for once. That's... Okay, so I got to assume <laughs> that this this had to have been like something they did, you know, back in the 1200s when everybody was super stupid, right? Uh, you would think. Uh, early 1800s where people Ooh. were a little smarter. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if like somewhere in the middle of nowhere, they're still doing it. Still people blowing smoke up each other's asses. Yeah, somewhere out there is still like the grandkid of one of the doctors that was doing this. Just fighting, just like, my granddaddy, my granddaddy was a smart man. (laughs) He always told me, if anything goes wrong, smoke right up the tutor. Oh my gosh. All this, who do we trust? Don't trust WebMD. (laughs) No. Who can we trust now? But uh, yeah, with with uh, you know with the coronavirus on the loose and uh, no no fish food to be eaten to save yourself, um, there is something to look forward to for the fish, and that's that uh, the fish market is <laughs> is getting crushed by Ooh. the outbreak of the coronavirus, and um, you know we we've got a few different species that are seeming to uh, be pretty pleased i think with uh <laughs> with this little human debacle oh yeah is this oh, is no. this the the fish market is getting crushed because of chloroquine or and all the fish are dying or <laughs> no the, so this is uh because humans you know, aren't eating as much fish anymore that's the one so all right. restaurants are you know i i think for the most part you see a lot less at least uh in American culture, you see a lot less eating of seafood at home from like frozen fish, but, uh, with the restaurant industry being hit and people not going out to eat, um, it's a huge, huge dip in the demand, uh, for frozen fish. So, um, I guess, uh, India, uh, according to Bangladesh frozen foods, exporters association, um, five hundred and ninety-seven million dollars in frozen fish export orders were canceled. Whew. What happens to all those fish? Uh, it's not like they release them back in the ocean, right? Uh, it's a it becomes waste at a certain point. They can't hold them frozen for for that long. Um, wow. So yeah, their quote is that it it if it doesn't pick up, it's just going to go to waste. But that will ripple back and have. A, an effect on the demand for frozen fish, which will then stop or slow uh, fishing, which I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at a point where uh, fish populations are, are severely dis- decreasing and a short break for them might, uh, might be quite a big deal in terms of repopulating. So that's great. Um, yeah. I was seeing that Washington state banned fishing because it was yet another, Oh well, I can't go to the grocery store and can't go to the restaurant and can't go to my sports events. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go fishing. And <laughs> so people were gathering at popular fishing spots to go fishing. Uh, uh, oh my gosh! All right, I mean the the, the logic is sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's what you're supposed to do. It's... People really seem to think that the outdoors like gives you immunity. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. I mean, I, I mean, they do say when you're a child, you should be rolling around in the mud more, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so you should be kind of exposed to the bacteria to get stronger. But I, uh, now is not the time. <laughs> most little kids, when I see them, I, I just rub their face in the mud just for their own good. You little shit. You <laughs> got mud in your face. Stupid kid. <laughs> I'm making you stronger. Yeah, what are you doing to my son? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> just trying to help. Yeah, just trying to help. <laughs> you're a true hero um I, I think we were talking about this a few podcast episodes ago but uh th- there was um the shrimp farms and even like farmed fish in general is such a disgusting marketplace like yeah. you know the the shrimp farms not only are they just cramped and it's shrimp just eating their own waste 
that's basically the food source that they're eating. It's like dead shrimp and their own waste. Same with tilapia. Uh, Thailand, I know, has a major problem with the shrimp trade because they're shrimp slaves. Basically, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty terrible. Like uh, the people that work out on the, the shrimp fields are typically fed as little as one bowl of rice a day. They're working 18-hour shifts that are just grueling you know, out in the fields. And um, I I think the UN even intervened and tried to intervene at some point. Um, What's what's crazy though, is like we import 90% of the shrimp we eat in the United States. Yeah. So uh, we're the biggest country. You don't think of, you don't think of anywhere in in the US as like producing shrimp, right? Oh, no, Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump. Uh, uh, Forrest Gump and Bubba. <laughs> they got shrimp. Where was they that? They got shrimp. There's Vietnam. Wasn't that Vietnam? I mean, it's basically. No, no, no. Vietnam. That was after they came back. It was somewhere in like Louisiana or somewhere in the south. Oh, was it Louisiana? Okay. Boat. Well, I'm hoping they source it from there, but realistically, they're probably uh, contributing to this human trafficking. Oh, true. Uh, true. Damn it, Bubba. <laughs> Well, there's also some uh, some uplifting news of other uh, wild animals that have been wandering into cities while they're on shutdown. So apparently in Italy and Spain, wild boars are returning. Uh, That's another invasive species. I was going to say, is that a good thing? I don't know if that's a good thing. We try to like kill them off in the United States because they just ruin everything. Yeah. yeah, And they taste like garbage. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well. Supposedly, in the empty French ski resort of Carchevel, a wolf was recently <laughs> spotted. Oh, I I, I could just imagine sport. that scene from a Fantastic Mr. Fox, just like a wolf oh. with his like arm up. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> given the symbol. Yeah. Carchevel. Uh, Supposedly, people are see- seeing uh, wild deer entering the urban streets of Nara, Japan, because yep. uh, they're looking for the people who traditionally feed them in the parks. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a, there there is an interesting thing about all this because uh, there's definitely that, and I also heard like in Thailand as well. There's a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> monkeys that are so used to getting fed by humans now just duking it out they're just like going at it with each other fighting for food because they're so used to just having a food source but yeah yeah yeah, that abundance how are seagulls gonna do oh what did they eat seagull civil war (laughs) it's 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 coming you saw the movie the birds right they start crashing through the windows oh yeah that's that's what's going to happen. Um, in in less uplifting news, apparently the Venetian dolphins that people were talking about not true. What not true? They were filmed at a port in Sardinia in the Mediterranean Sea, hundreds of miles from Venice. But I believe everything that's on the internet. How is that not true? Well, I believe it right up until it tells me to believe not to believe it. <laughs> Why would people lie on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> You got to get those likes and upvotes. Gosh, that's crazy. I mean, do you think this is going to change the dynamic of like people? Oh, the dolphin. Unfortunately, the dolphin thing's not real. But going back to like feeding wild animals, like, do you think it's going to change the dynamic of people feeding animals? Like, what is what is going to happen to the the deer and Nara? Like, what is going to happen to these monkeys? They've grown such a dependence right. on us that, like evolution the symbiotic relationship can't last if you know humans are gone or true there's that uh i think that's that great episode of um i think it was the final episode of planet earth season two that just talks about different animals that have have entered into symbiosis with human populations and yeah it is it is rough to think of what the impact is going to be there um Got to assume that some something will get figured out. They'll eat, start eating people's gardens. The monkeys will start getting into the garbage. It's bad to feed animals because animals become dependent on humans. And then what happens when the humans are gone? Well, they'll be sad, I guess. 
I have a feeling. Yeah. I have a feeling they'll figure it out pretty quick. Probably. <laughs> they'll probably just maybe not the domesticated yeah. cows. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what would the domesticated cows do? You know, there'd be Disney one brats. or two. Yeah, like there'll be the Elon Musk cows that will kind of figure it out for the rest of them. It'd be a max mass exodus from Southern California. That's for sure. Hey guys, maybe we're not as maybe we're not as happy as we think we are here. <laughs> to Vegas, <laughs> go back. It's a desert. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that seems that seems about right. Gosh, so, yeah. Well, that uh, I guess on the on the uh, <laughs> this that's the end of the <laughs> the learning that's... I did for last week. I mean. Uh, We've got angry, angry monkeys. We've got maybe happy deer, a little desperate. Happy fish. Yeah. We've got happier fish. We got happy fish. Uh, and I think the lesson learned is uh, humans are not fish. Yes. Don't take medication that's meant for fish. Yeah, no fish medications. <laughs> you do not need to lose any more than one person to that. And maybe all of us kind of get into the drug trade. I mean, there's good money there. Seems profitable, yeah. Uh, that's where yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. Like, look, uh, some of us have to come out of this recession alive. And, you know, certain businesses boom during these times. Just throwing it out there. Both California and Washington have considered cannabis a essential business. They got their money pumping into the it's system. It's time to start legalizing Brrr. other drugs if you want to inject some, some stimulus back into the economy. Keep that printer printed. <laughs> we can do this. Just legalize a few more drugs. We'll, we'll use that money yeah. to pay for COVID. Yep. Cool. Yeah, well, uh, I suppose that's been our show for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Um, make sure you check back <laughs> next week for our very 10th episode. Both of us are going to... Woo! It's going to be a special one. try not to wind up doing it from the ICU, so... Um, <laughs> keeping things on lockdown <laughs> on Rethink Everything. Uh, yeah. That's it. All that good. All right. Cha-cha-cha-chow. Cha,